0: Uh, changes our, our intro video once a week. I uh, know. That was awesome, man. He changes hey! it. He changes
1: it during the show.
0: We are live, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome to another Tuesday night segment of the Cash Geeks mm. Network. You guys know we only bring the heat with real operators, real people doing deals. And mm. um dude I'm preach. Pumped. I'm pumped today because I feel like I've seen this guy once a week for the past two months but um today we have a super special guest who is crushing it in multiple businesses but i think the most impressive thing is in the past three years they've gotten over 500 doors um that's amazing so casey quinn with city life um from what he claims is the best place in the world pittsburgh oh right? that's what that's what he claims can we can we get casey on
2: what's up boys
1: what's up bro
2: Hey, did I just hear you guys talking about that intro? Because I just watched it and it is fantastic. So
1: uh, oh, thanks a lot, brother. Except the parts when they show G, right? <laughs> that part is awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you there,
2: right? And yes, we have been seeing each other quite a bit, right, brother? It's been it's been uh quite enjoyable, I can tell you that much.
0: Yeah, man. So uh so Casey, thank you so much for for doing this, bro. Um, I feel like you own a title company. You own a property management company. You own a brokerage. You own a construction company. What is City Life, and who is Casey Quinn?
2: Yes, uh, we we certainly do, right? We kind of pulled her all up under the one the one larger brand of the, the City Life umbrella. Certainly, we really we got our started and kind of just started to buy houses and really kind of built the operational arms out from from really wanting to become an investor and start to kind of buy into the city of Pittsburgh itself, buy homes and really build off our businesses from that. From day one, we really said, hey, how do we create enterprise value in our business from investing in real estate? And to your point, yeah, we really started to to build out those enterprise value companies. So we have a property management company, of course. We have a construction company. Uh, We own own a Remax brokerage franchise out here in Pittsburgh as well. And we certainly have a, a wholesale division of our company community first home buyers, which, which really rolls underneath of our, our City Life Realty Group brand. It's, it's one of the ones that kind of has its own separate brand uh, with underneath of our umbrella and structure. But really, we're trying to create the service lines and in the in the revenue streams and sources that all relate to the real estate process. And so we're building out that that, that enterprise value service stream. Throughout our real estate, you know, we really started with our with our sole customer, which was ourselves. Hey, we want to start buying real estate. We want to start investing in Pittsburgh, and so we started going. And we said, "Hey, we have a real opportunity here to create a lot of enterprise value through our business." And we started about three years ago. And to your point, we've got we've got over five hundred doors now. I think we manage a little over eight hundred in total. You know, we're, we're rolling on the wholesale side now a little bit here, and uh, certainly collaborating with you a little bit on that on that end. And Yep. Uh, we got the brokerage rolling and we're, we're doing big things out here. So I appreciate you having me on
1: dude. That's, that's awesome, amazing, man. dude. 500 doors inside of three years. Does that mean three years ago you got your very first door?
2: Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I can give you a little bit of a background, of, you know, not to dive too far into that, but I was in corporate America. I was a CPA by trade. You know, I started out of college at Ernst & Young in public accounting and, you know, I bounced around a ton, never really could find, uh, you know, a position or a role that I loved, and I always wanted more, and I always worked worked hard. Moved, you know, I was I was in a consulting role, traveling the country, and I, you know, my wife and I wanted to sort of settle down and figure out, you know, keep me more home base. I was tired of the traveling, you know. I had a lot of fun traveling for a lot of years, and I was was over that. Took a took a CFO role with a small real estate company here locally in Pittsburgh, and you know, was helping them kind of create what they were doing, create some structure behind their organization, and. You know at the end of the day about 10 months in i was fired and so you know i didn't know what to do but i knew i didn't want to go back to corporate america i asked my wife for six months you know so i could try to get some things going and during that time that my my now business partner brian Kersher who's incredible and you know we said hey let's let's build an enterprise and, and let's start crushing it and so may 21st of 2019 uh so a little over three years at this point now but we were we hit the number we were we were at zero and so we, we started scaling from there I still remember the first house we bought and uh, we still own that house. We've certainly done some flips and some different things along the way. So the unit count could be higher than a bunch of old you and know, everything else. But I, we, we still own that very first house. And ironically enough, it's on the same street that uh, I used to work at. So it's, it's, it's kind of full circle and cool to see that and see how we've developed as a company since then.
1: So, really quick question: When you bought that first house, what was your initial intention? You said, "Let's build this enterprise. Let's build this monster." You guys are doing a fantastic job, by the way. But when you bought that first house, was it like we want to just build rental portfolio and we want to keep them, or did you want to flip them and wholesale them, or or what?
2: Yeah, from from day one, our strategy. I mean, we we've certainly developed a real strong strategy from an overall business plan. But I, I'm a huge believer in action, and from day one, we said we want to build a portfolio we want to build a a rental portfolio. And so that, that was, you know, that still is, it has been, it continues to be our our main source of of vision and drive and and what we want to do. And it was absolutely that, you know, we, we shook hands and said, let's go. And it was, it was 100%, 100% about building a portfolio through burn model investing. We didn't have money. Right. I I took out, I kind of knew I was going to get fired. And so I, you know, on a Friday, I took out a $40,000 lending tree loan and said, I'm going to live off this for, you know, because I know I'm getting fired come Monday morning. Mm. Uh, You know, and so I took out a $40,000 loan, so we're going to live off this. We certainly, you know, weren't eating dinner out every night at that point in time. And it was all about, hey, how do we burn model invest to create a portfolio that we can then build enterprise value businesses off of? Because that's what I knew how to do. I knew, you know, from my past life, from being a CPA, I understood numbers. I understood from my consulting world how to scale enterprise value and that's what i knew because i was going into companies and i was understanding what was wrong and so i kind of had a good feeling about I, can, I know how we can build a business how do we do it well if we buy real estate we can create businesses of which that service the real estate that we own and so from day one that was really it how do we create jobs here in pittsburgh and that was that was the, the, the fundamental kind of first thing and still is to this day, you know, I, you know, I, I dream way bigger now, but at that point in time was how, you know, my dream was to be standing there behind stage with 1,000 employees at a company because I knew, wow, we could really affect a lot of lives with 1,000 employees because of their families and the business you would create between subcontractors and everything else. So from day one, it was absolutely, hey, how do we build a portfolio? How do we get and scale our unit counts? You know we've learned a ton along the way, and hey, we needed to put some flips in in there as well in order to create cash. You know, day yep. doing some wholesale and create cash, creating the arms. And really, the, the vision now is hey, when dollars go out the door, how do we bring them back in? You know, the old Kevin O'Leary saying on Shark Tank, right? Send his dollars out and he wants them to come back. Mm-hmm. Somewhat along those lines, but it's really, hey, if we're gonna be spending money, why can't we create the organization of which is receiving that money through revenue? And so that's that was the avenue said, Hey. Let's create the management company. Let's create the construction company. Let's let's find the deals on our own, right? To kind of, if we're gonna sell the properties, let's sell it through our brokerage. There's an avenue to create revenue on that side. And so we've, we've continued to, to dive down that path and, and create that, those avenues for the revenue.
1: Uh, I know that when a a lot of people get into real estate investing, especially if they want to get into buy and hold because you're investing so much money. I mean, the first strategy gives you a little bit of relief with that. You have rehabs, you have a lot of headache because you can have a lot of money out before you get that back. But when you're building rental properties, a lot of people run into like a brick wall when they run out of money and they have to choose one to flip or choose one to wholesale. Did that happen to you guys also? Or did you just choose to do those things just to increase more revenue?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you it's 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 an interesting question. I think our goal was always to never have to flip. And we I don't think we really ever needed to, right? We we got lucky in a way because we, we got off the ground and we got roll and COVID mm-hmm. hit. No one really knew what was going on. A lot of people went on hold and because mm-hmm. of the way we ran our business we were action oriented. So two things happened. One, we said hey, let's go in this downtime, but two, right, the, the, the market went crazy. and so when the market went crazy at the national level here in pittsburgh certainly it was a lot easier to win on our burr model deals and so we were buying properties under market value we were renovating them and then we were creating such a such a sustained amount of value and we thought hey we might not be able to win on every single deal but if we do it in volume and we leveraged guys we leveraged like i couldn't tell you how much we leveraged early on right we were. You know, people talk about hard money and they try to pinch the penny on a point here and there or an interest rate. We didn't care. Our, our my philosophy was 100 percent. Let's go. It doesn't matter what it costs because we can't do it without the money anyway. So let's pay. Now, we certainly got a lot better along the lines and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we really switched from hard money to private money for a majority of everything that we do. But early on, it was it didn't matter what it cost because we were able to find deals that might be worth, hey, you know, the as is value is somewhere, you know, in and our marketplace at that time, it was, hey, in, in some of the, the areas we were in, you know, maybe market value or, or as is value on that property was $80,000, $90,000. And we were able to get it for maybe $60,000, dollars $60,000. we are adding $30,000, $40,000, into it. We're bringing the market value up to $180,000, $170,000, 180000 we are able to cash out. And so for our first couple of years, we were, we were cashing out on our Burr model refinancing where we were making a lot of money. And, you know... as you know right in the burr model investing when you get that that cash return you know our basis might have been 100 to 110 basis in some of these single families homes we were getting loans for 130 140 thousand dollars, and of course through the burr model we had a very strong i think our debt service coverage ratio now is right around 1.5 something in those lines and so early on we had strong debt service coverage ratios because the rents were high the values of the properties were high. So we we're able to, to cash in and really make our money in order to scale that the enterprise value operations. I will tell you it's starting to certainly get a lot harder as you scale your overhead, as you scale your employees, as you scale that business, as the market starts to take a turn, right? You have to really get strong in your your off market, your your deal finding off market strategies because a lot of times that squeeze it there, right? We know the sellers the sellers got a little bit more educated. They wanted top dollar construction yeah. costs went through the roof. And so you had people say why can't you do it i said there's three four to five different reasons that all went to the to the negative approach of hey all five of these things are making it much more difficult to burn model less at the, at the current time but yeah it was it was a, it was a lot of hey we were able to really do amazing burn model deals at the beginning we had fully new renovated properties that were maintenance was low because we renovated the full properties tenants loved their properties so we we're getting the pick of the litter when yep. it came to tenants because they were fully renovated houses my business partner sort of used to have a saying where it was, hey, let's flip these houses, let's just keep them, right? Let's flip them to ourselves and then we'll go refinance them so we had beautiful homes. That way we were able to really maximize that ARV value because it was a brand new home, brand new, right? We're putting tiles in the showers, we're tiling the backsplashes, we're, we're, we're putting quartz countertops in every property that we that we renovate. And what that did was allow us to get high market values, high rents, which in turn allowed us to say, hey, that extra that delta in that cost on that front was allowed us to really to win on that back end. And we leveraged, right? Like I said, so we, we didn't have a ton of cash, but we just borrowed, you know, we borrowed whatever it costs in order to do that. We used private money to fund sort of, you know, what we'll call second position. When the hard monies wouldn't give us hundred percent of the deal, we'd have private money to fund that second position and in a, a second debt finance position. So we kept the equity on the deals in order to use that cash so that we could do. 5 ten 15 20 25 you know and right now and, and that's over the course of months but right now you know we're doing probably on average around 10 full renovation projects a month right at the beginning it wasn't quite that high but you know as we went from two to four to six we were able to really foot all that cash out because we had hard money we started to roll into the private money but we were winning on our deals so great that we were able to really just push back and reinvest every dollar that we were making back into the
1: That's absolutely amazing, man! And And really quick, that's the key.
0: I think right, reinvesting. I think that's the key, right? It's reinvesting the profits into the business, and uh, you know, delayed gratification. But eventually, the gratification is immense.
1: Wait, I thought the key was to get Lambos after your first deal. Is that not the key?
0: Uh, after, after he got his Lambo, he reinvested. Oh,
1: gotcha. Yeah, got I him. think
2: Gonzalo got three or four of those Lambo's sitting in his
0: right? <laughs> He's, He's juggling
1: Lambo's over here. He's speaking both
2: sides of his mouth there. <laughs>
1: true, man. Hey, really quick, Casey, if, if you don't mind, just for people that are new to some of this terminology, can you explain yeah. what a burr exactly is?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So a BRRRR model you know, investment is essentially a, a type of way to do a, a rental strategy, a buy and hold strategy of which you really leverage money on the front end and the back end. And really, you know, for some of you folks that are working with banks or looking to work with banks, banks like nice, good, beautiful properties that are rented, that have cash flow coming in. And so if you want to buy a property that might not have that right, an underserved property an underserved community or, um, you know, the old seller really let the property fall apart and needs a lot of work or there's not a tenant in there banks don't want to finance that or your institutions out there that are lending money. They don't want to finance that. So what the bar stands for really is you buy the property in order to buy that property, you either use your own money. You can certainly use bank money if you can find it, but it's much more difficult. The way our strategy was we got to move quick. And so therefore on the front end, whatever's the easiest way to close. And so you buy the property for us, it was part money. Now it's private money, certainly with a little bit of our own money. And then when you get in there, after we buy it, we renovate the property. So we turn it into a brand new, beautiful, highest, market value possible in the neighborhood in order to maximize that ARV, which is what the property is now worth. Once it's fully renovated, once we're done renovating the property, we go out and we rent it. We go out and find a fantastic tenant that is out in the marketplace that wants a beautiful house to live in. And they want to pay to live there because they might not be ready to buy for whatever reason, you know, the rental markets uses, I'm sure everybody knows. And so we rent it, and then once we have it rented, we go to the bank at that point in time because we have a beautiful property, fully renovated, that has a tenant living in there, so rent's coming in, so it's cash flowing. At that point, we go to the bank and we refinance that property to take all of the money that we've spent, whether that be paying back our lenders or the money that we have into that deal, we we pull that equity back out of that deal. So we refinance a property with a bank. And then, in order to do that, a bank is willing to do that for a commercial property, commercial being not owner-occupied. In this example, yeah. they're willing to do that, and so then it has to cash flow, and so then you refinance, and you pull your money back out, and then you repeat it, which is, what I believe, is the most important word, important R that some people leave off in their bird model investing. But the last R is, the, in my opinion, the most important model, which is repeat it. To your point, right, guys, is is. Reinvest that money back into the next deal and keep on going and scale that sucker. And that's what that R I call that a big R again because you're re- you're 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 repeating the process over and over again in order to scale a company.
0: Mm. So you you said something interesting, and I want to I want to just bring this up because I think it's so powerful and to what makes you successful and what makes entrepreneurs successful. Um, but you said there was a weird time in COVID when everybody was freaking out and you and your boys said, let's go in on a downtime. Right? So what made you guys get aggressive while everybody was freaking out?
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, first and foremost, there's, there's no better time than right now for action. And, you know, one of you know my mentors, Ken Clavier, where I was out at scale and scape, and I, you know, ran into you out there, you know, the time is now big, big, huge believer in that first and foremost. So that mindset continue to tell myself that for, for us to continue to tell ourselves that was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Number two really is just we're action oriented. And so why sit around and do nothing? Yeah, I, I always say, what what's the point in all of that? And, you know, it's. I'll give you a quick story about about COVID. For us, we actually did not have a brokerage when COVID hit. We had it in the works. My business partner was a real estate agent. You know, we had talked about saying, "Hey, look, you're a real estate agent. Let's stop paying brokers. You know, what we're paying them. Let's just bring it in house. Does it make sense to create a Remax and eventually, uh, you know, bring agents in? And Remax actually has a a required minimum agent count. We were able to negotiate extremely aggressively to say, Hey, we're not interested in, in scaling our agent count right now because of the business we were focused on. What happened was we had just launched the brokerage COVID hit. We were sitting on our butts because the whole world was shut down. This is at the very beginning when we weren't allowed out of our houses, right? We were all stuck in our houses, mm-hmm. the entire real estate market was shut down. So we said, Hey, let's recruit because the agents aren't out in the marketplace doing work. And so for those couple of weeks, we sat in our houses and what we did was recruit agents quickly thereafter, we said, Hey, we've got guys that don't want to be sitting around now. Can not we have them if we own the houses go out again in abidance with the laws? Can we go out and have them working on houses? We'll just, we'll play we'll pay true to COVID and we won't have five guys in the downstairs of house A. You know, so we, we were really strategic in how we, you know, protected our employees yeah. and the safety, because at the time no one really knew what COVID was implications. And so we would have, Hey, let's put one guy on every property. Let's put two guys in every properties and you're not allowed on the same floor when you're working on the house. And so we did that during COVID in that COVID period to really wow. say let's keep going. And so those are a couple of the biggest things that we did. Now the bank shut down we lost, you know, I think we were the day before a, a refinance close where I think we had a package of maybe seven eight properties and we were looking mm. to get close to a million dollars on a refinance and the bank stopped so we were hurting like we said oh my god that was a million dollars it was supposed to come back into our into our company of which we were going to redeploy right back out sure and holy heck right the bank shut down so we said well we're not going to sit here and go broke that's not something we're interested in doing we build all this momentum up let's keep going and so that you know that that mindset of the scarcity mindset of hey like we don't want to fail we're not going to fail we're winners let's keep going and so that's the biggest way and the biggest reason we really were able to, to crush it through COVID. And then, of course, we got lucky, right? I won't say at the end of the day. And I don't believe it's luck, but it's where opportunity hits whatever, right? Whatever yeah, the chains are at the end of the day. And so we kept, we kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing, kept going. It was scary, but we kept doing it. And then all of a sudden, the market opened up. Property value started increasing like crazy. We started to have amazing leverage because our properties were skyrocketing. The opportunity in real estate was just absolutely fantastic for a good year and a half to two years after covid as we all know and properties were flying off the market days properties on markets were crazy And we had already set up a system where we could find off market deals mm-hmm. if you're renovating you know and then we said you know, that's why we did some flips because we said hey we can we can certainly burn this but we could sell this for 20 to 30 to 40 grand more than what it's probably going to appraise for because the buyer's going to waive the appraisal fee or the appraisal contingency, they're gonna want it anyways because the market's crazy. We can make on one flip on that house Well, we've making a bird model deal for over the next 15 years. Let's sell that property. So we made financial, you know, investment decisions that the cash that cash is more important because we wouldn't get that cash back for a long periods of time. We're already building a portfolio for long term value. Sure. Let's create some avenues of which we create some short short term cash flow. And we, we took advantage of the market we did some flips on that from that end in order to to really create highest returns mm-hmm. on our investment.
0: Smart, smart. Dude. That's crazy, man, and that's that's huge, right? I feel like a lot of people freaked out, and then the ones that stayed aggressive just blew up, um, and that's what happened to us, right? Um, and so, I mean, I remember having those talks with Dom, like, "Holy shit, what's gonna happen?" You know, what's gonna happen with all of this? Uh, we weren't allowed to go look at properties. Yeah. Uh, the state of Florida, um, or at least in Jacksonville, real estate wasn't. Deemed how how a, long
2: did you guys kind of sit on the sit on the sidelines down there, so to speak?
1: I think if we have to count and sit back and count, zero days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's if us, I have to count.
0: For us, it, it was it was exactly what you said, right? It was just more of like
1: action oriented. Let's
0: let's just figure it out, right? All right, cool. You're backing out of this deal. What will you take it at? And let me renegotiate the deal and try to make it work.
2: Yeah, I, I I vividly remember for about a week when we weren't, you know, technically allowed to even leave the houses, and no one had any clue. Like the world shut down. I think it was probably five straight 15, 16 hour days where I just paced my my driveway in the front street on calls the entire time, like you know, asking other people what they're doing, figuring it out. They I said. I, we we might we, we we've got to wait a week here if we can actually renovate properties and figure all this out. What's the law really saying? But I'm certainly not going to stop. Right. So we're on the phone with with folks that we know, with our employees. Hey, what can we do? And to your point, right, the, the answer was zero. Now I wasn't allowed to leave the house, but we were on phone calls asking other people what they're doing. I remember we were organizing Zoom calls with other investors in the area, even at the national level, with folks some of the folks we knew at the time. And and really trying to collaborate and understand what other people are doing to to say, hey, how do we figure out how to get that action and keep going?
1: Yeah,
0: we we actually bought we had we bought like eight laptops. We asked basically who in the team has laptops. You don't have a laptop. We're buying one for you. You're going to take it home. Yep. Um, We had everybody set up on a Zoom call. We took their Ethernet cords and their desk phones, took them to their house. Um, we actually had our field manager like sanitize each phone, sanitize everything, put everything in one bag, drop it off in their front doorstep, <laughs> lysol spray it, and then the people getting it would lysol spray it, grab it out. They would set they set up their workstations. Yep. We literally worked for almost two months. Yep. Um, from Zoom. And what? it was just Dom and I in the office. Um, because we just still wanted to go into the office mm-hmm. um, and we still went. Everybody was working from home and that's how we basically made it through those couple of months. And it was just staying, you know, staying occupied, staying busy, figuring it out what lender is lending. Okay, lenders aren't lending. So now let's reach out our cash buyers. You know, people are always buying. You just, when it gets scarier, you just sell at a deeper discount.
1: Yep. Yep. Right? We have to adjust the buying criteria on the front end. One of the biggest things that we wanted to do with everything that G's talking about is reproduce because. We have kind of a boiler room experience, so we have a bunch of people all in one room. I mean, they're not jam-packed like a can of tuna or sardines, but we have that kind of experience, so we feed off of each they other. They were
0: before COVID. Now we need everybody
1: distance. <laughs> yeah, you we- got to be
2: in six-foot rule for a little bit, and everyone kind of like, hey, I don't like my knee touching you all day, right?
1: <laughs> so what we realized, especially early on and even now in real estate, you know, in a – um in a sales environment is we feed off of each other and there's yeah. so much communication and you need to make an exception or what do you think I should say next and things like that so how can we reproduce that experience virtually so the entire team was on a Zoom call all together every day for their entire shift yeah.
2: oh wow okay yeah. that's pretty cool cuz i I'm a huge believer, as well as you guys, in collaboration is everything. We're, we're we're extremely office oriented. Everyone has to come in every day. Certainly, we're flexible, depending on what your job is. We have a lot of people, obviously, I'm sure, like you guys, a little bit out in the field, doing their thing and the appointments and different stuff. But we're extremely, extremely office oriented because the collaboration is everything. And you know, even more so over the last year. Or so I'm learning collaboration at every level is so important, not just in your own company, but. Who you're collaborating externally, right? The opposite of the scarcity mindset when it comes to growing your business, that abundance mindset of hey, you guys could really help me, I could really help you. And there's thousands of people out there that really want to help each other. But that's that that's super uh, creative. i love that, right? Just sit on a Zoom call a day, so you're collaborating with each other, you're seeing what other people are doing, you're feeling it. You know, you, you know, you want to win together, and so you don't want to be the one losing. And that's huge. that's I love that. I, I remember for me at least too. After that one first week, I was back in the office. My business partner was back in the office. Now we we left it as an elective for some of the other folks if they want to come in or not. But I certainly wasn't able to sit at home long. So we are my partner um, and I was similar to you guys, right back in the office after we won. You know, really grinding together because it's huge. It's huge to be together when you're working through things. Yeah, and then
0: and then you have the COVID. Uh... Outbreaks in the office after everybody comes back in, then one person gets it, then everybody's got to get tested. Then, oh shit, we all gonna go work from home for the next week again. And um it's oh, funny because all
1: the employees, like a caravan, going to the testing yeah, facility. Dude, it was yeah. crazy. I
0: mean, you, and then it's like, okay, what point am I just knocking
2: and test? Because I've already had it twice, and it's like I have a little sniffle, but like, you know, like what? This is, yeah, I'm tired of it. I did tell you what. I made a comment this morning on my way into the office because tra- I was—I ended up being a little bit, a couple minutes late for my first meeting, and I was—I I, don't—I absolutely despise being late to anything, and I, mm. I left. I mean, I, I should have been at work about 20 minutes earlier than I was, but the traffic was crazy, and I said, "I guess COVID's over because traffic is back."
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I was, I was, sure. I was not happy. I guess <laughs> obviously- yeah, early,
2: you know. And today I was a little bit later coming off a long weekend away from my I have a 16 month uh, year old son and so I like try to, try to spend time with him and so sometimes in the mornings after weekends away or business weeks are, are pretty long I try to get some more morning time in with him so it was I was coming into work a little bit later today but I
0: digress slacker bro that's all <laughs> excuses boy no. Ah,
2: well, I wanted to hang out with you guys tonight, so I know i will be probably be bed before I get home. So I wanted to make sure I yeah, got man. a little little kid time. No, that's
0: me. awesome, man. Yeah, I got a little, I got a, a little one on the way too, man. So yep. I'm, um, yeah, I'm assuming that's that's how my, my days are gonna be. Babies yep, baby's
1: on so, the way. that bills to pay. Yep,
2: yep. You uh, you you'll quickly learn how to get better at prioritizing your most important things. We always talk about that, right? And how do you prioritize? Yep. Focus on the most important things. Family, I'm sure, is up there for you guys. Absolutely. When you have yeah. you a little one running around, it's just, it just exponentially makes that so much greater to really focus on your time and what you're doing and where you're spending. Because
1: right. right. every minute
2: you're you're focused on the wrong things, guess what? You're missing out on that family time.
1: Right. So, yep, yep, yep. That's right. super, super important. There's one thing I did want to touch on, Casey, if you don't mind elaborating on this. It seems like you've done a lot of successful things in your life, right? And then you mentioned you're always one to work hard. Um, one of the questions we ask in our interview is, do you think it's better to work hard or work smart and they can't say both? They have to choose one. I personally like them saying work hard because, as we all know, working hard beats working smart when smart people don't work hard. We've all heard that. So what's your take on that uh, aspect of things?
2: Yeah, I think for me, I would have to relate back to my own life. You know. Generally speaking, I think I'm probably a relatively smart person, right? I'm not going to deny that or try to say that I'm not. But I think for me, where I've gotten to where I'm at is absolutely hard work. You know, I I got into real estate ultimately, I guess, four years ago by taking a CFO job at a small real estate company. Started the company three years ago. It was the first company I've started. It was my first journey into entrepreneurship. Previous to that, I was in corporate America. I was in public accounting. And I think for me, I, I never loved the work I was doing, but I always made sure that I was outworked absolutely everybody. Because sometimes I would get in the rooms, and everybody it was super smart. to me I actually, goes oh you say before in your in your past, hey, you always try to be the dumbest person in the room. And so I'm in I'm in these you know I'm in, in public accounting, and I see these incredibly smart people, and I said the only way that I could ever be better than them or ahead of them in life is outworking them. Mm-hmm. So. I can't tell you the countless evenings and and while evenings in the mornings that I've spent at client sites where I just stayed overnight and kept working and I wasn't even working for myself at the time and so I think looking back subconsciously I always thought hey I wanted to work for my education because I believe working and and figuring things out and accomplishing goals and solving problems is really education it's opportunity and education and so Back in, that, in those periods of time, I was always the hardest worker. I've always blew everybody out of the water. I, I was always the last one there, first one, first one there, always because I wanted to outwork everybody because I, I played sports. I played college football. It was a huge, my whole family is just absolutely nuts about sports and the team environment, but the winning environment and the working environment of work hard in order to, to, to get to where you want to go and accomplish your goals. Right? If you play basketball and you don't practice. You're not going to win any basketball games. Yep. And I equate that to business. Business is a game, right? It's a game with our lives of how do we win to create ultra success, to create happiness, to eliminate our fears, right? It, 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 that's what it is. And so, how do we win at that? Well, how we win at that is by practicing more than everybody else in order to perfect our craft. And the only way you could really do that is by outworking everybody. And so, for me, that is the education that I believe we need to get through our hard work because. You can be as smart as you want but if you're not practicing your trade or you're not working at it every single day then you're gonna Someone is gonna pass you up because there's somebody out there working harder than you yeah. somebody's out there doing more than you right now and they're gonna pass you up if you're not working just
0: as hard or harder in our case it's true it's true no yeah. i totally agree with everything that you're saying and, and it's funny because it is it is a tough question right especially when you can't it is. yeah and because
2: because i'll leave her to, I'll, you know i'll get into work tomorrow and we'll be go through a process or a system and we'll be working to try to streamline it and you know yep. we're just we're just punching the wall as hard as we can to break through that wall and say hey guys let's take a step back let's engineer the process and let's understand and work smarter on how to get through that wall yep. right and so we're always saying that how do we think smarter yeah but me to me at the high level it doesn't replace working hard We just have to work hard and smart and we have to work hard at solving problems using the ability to think smartly at what we're doing. Right. So there's a little bit of that kind of that twist. Well, yeah, you've got to work smart. You've got to work smart because at the end of the day, we all only have 24 hours and every single day. And so we can all only accomplish so much, no matter how hard we work. And so a lot of that then is, how are we getting, how are we using that hard work to get smarter, to make things easier for us? Right. And so, Let's maybe, see, yeah. maybe, maybe we create a new saying, right? It's something along the lines: How do we work harder to get smarter? <laughs>
0: yeah. So, so, right. I've I've always been a big believer of work harder until you earn the right to work smarter, right? Um, so, bust your ass and then and then work smarter, right? But until you earn the right to work smarter, like, you know, there's everybody wants to become an entrepreneur and be like, hey, I need to work smarter, man. I can't do this and do that. I don't want to do these cold calls because I need to work smarter and I need to do it's Like, dude, work hard, bust your ass, then, then work smarter. Right. Figure it out.
2: Do whatever it takes. You know, I I always, I always talk about that because it doesn't matter what it is. We just got, if it needs done, get it done. It doesn't, time is not, time doesn't like, we've got to get what we need to get done to get it done. We need to get smarter along the way to your point, but. Whatever we got to do to get it done to get to our goals, whatever they are, we've got to go after them relentlessly.
0: Yep, 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 yep. So with with so many deals that you have going on, so many businesses and stuff like that, um, getting started on creating your your rental portfolio. What would you say, looking back, maybe as a couple things, maybe one or two things that that you might look back and say, "Damn, I wish I wish I would have had this figured out first um before I did this hmm. business or I, w- I wish I would have started the title company after I started the brokerage or I don't know right like what 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 maybe you know I know you're on the spot we didn't give you any questions this is just coming to me so I'm going with it
2: I love it I love it I'll start uh, spitballing here to get to the real answer so that I can find myself a little bit of time to come up with that I mean I think for me the amount of mistakes we've made is just Zero. absolutely fathomable. It's how many we've made. It's just incredible. We've made so many mistakes. I remember early on, I made a $25,000 mistake and I'm looking at it. I'm like, $25,000? Like, I'm eating, you know, ramen noodles tonight. Not literally, but like, I'm eating ramen noodles tonight. I just made a $25,000 mistake. Oh my God. Right. And I remember getting up and pacing the room and telling my partner, and it was like, okay, hey, we'll figure it out. Right. Just keep working, keep working. And so I think, you know, What I would tell you the one or two things would be don't worry about your mistakes, right? Like, I think that I I crippled myself early on in worrying about my mistakes more than I probably should have because we were moving. And it's almost like, hey, let's, let's look at what our goal is and what our vision is and where we want to go and let's start running full speed at it. Let's open our arms up wide, stick our hands out and then just right. open your fingers, open your fingers wide, start running and whatever falls through those cracks, who gives a shit? Let mm. it go. It doesn't matter. It fell through the cracks in your fingers. Let it go. And I think early on, right from an analysis paralysis perspective from a, Hey, we can't screw this up. We've got to really make sure we get this right. we got to get to perfection. No, screw all that. Go right. Get action, get it done, get 80% of the way there because that's what matters the most and keep going. Mistakes happen. We're all going to learn from them. If you think about it this way, create every mistake that we've ever made. All it is is a learning opportunity to get better Mm -hmm. as long as we don't quit. You know? And so for me, I would tell you probably, and and for for everybody listening, it's early on, you're going to make mistakes. Just go do whatever it is you want to do, make the mistakes so you learn from it because we're not doctors, we're in real estate. You know, we're not doing brain surgery. You know, if we make a mistake in the in the ER, when we're doing brain surgery, I guess the OR and we're doing brain surgery on somebody, that's a huge complication. So we better make sure that's perfect. Every single time, if right. we're in real estate, and we're moving and we're running, and I'm doing 10 deals, I don't got to worry about one deal because the other nine will make up for it. Or, if I'm working with this, just go right. Or hey, I forgot to call back this guy. Come on, call him the next day and apologize and keep going. You know, don't let it cripple you that you made a mistake or you have to overanalyze something, or this deal has to be perfect, or hey, I need to make a twenty thousand dollar return on this investment. And but if I only make 18, I, I can't do the deal. Like if you only make 18, oh well, keep going, keep going. I think for me, probably early on, that was probably one of my biggest challenges of, of mm-hmm fear at the end of the day, eliminate the fear. And I had it because I didn't know what I was doing. And so I was scared to make mistakes. And I would tell you, get rid of that in the way you can, you know, uh, uh, I guess to take it full circle, how you could potentially solve those fears, get rid of those problems so that you feel comfortable to go is get around people that are doing that, that, that have done that already, that are making those mistakes, have made them already suppress so that time because they can help you get to where you want to go quicker and get going. You know, the first. People always ask me, hey, how did you do this deal? Or how did you do that deal, man, an event or two? And I said, well, how many deals do you have? And they say zero. I said, you have 90 days to do your first deal.
0: Right,
1: right, right, right.
2: 90 days. Go do a deal and learn the mistake. I said, do you have money? Oh, I have equity in my house. Get it out of your house. It doesn't need to be there. At the end of the day, do you have a job? Can you pay that off with your, your current job? So what do you have to lose?
1: Right, right. You go. Right, you're only twenty eight years on your, you know, or two years in on your mortgage with twenty eight years left. So you're gonna add two more back on. Let's just get it done. Yeah, who cares, <laughs> that's right? Something that we, uh, that's something that we learned this past week. Also, is focus on the, uh, on the, uh, the solution, not, not the obstacle. I think it might have been Kent that said it or something. Focus mm-hmm. on the solution, not, not the obstacle, um, which is a, a huge takeaway. One of the things I want to offer <laughs> with regard to that that we do here. It's a different take on it, but we uh, press into our employees, especially the salespeople, to not focus on pre-work because they get so many leads in and we got to get to the right people through our processes. And for us, pre-work is, uh, you know, dwelling on the lead, checking it out, looking it up on Zillow for too long, figuring out your game plan instead of trying to get someone on the phone as fast as possible. Right. Right. Like a lot of times they're not picking up the phone, right? And if 75% of the people are not picking up the phone, you're wasting so much time on pre-work creating a problem that's not even there, right? That's that's, that's
2: such a great point,
1: yep. And one thing that's even worse than pre-work is... (laughs) (laughs) Pre-pre-work? No, they spent so much time dwelling on the lead, called the lead, lead didn't pick up, now they dwell on it after the lead didn't pick up, right? So that now they have post-work. So they're doing pre-work and post-work and they're wasting so much time. So one of the things that we do is we feed into our people to just call and get them on the phone and figure it out as we go along. Because getting yeah. them on the phone is is 50% of the battle. Yeah,
2: I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll even add to that for you in a real-life example of a, of a deal that we're working on that, uh, we actually signed a, the LOI, the Letter of Intent, agreed to the to the purchase price today, about mm. two hours ago. Um, so we're buying a 36 unit multifamily in an A neighborhood out here in Pittsburgh. Yeah, appreciate that. Um, and so it, I think the purchase price is 5.3 million is, is or 5. Million is what we finally agreed on. And so we've been going back and forth in negotiation for a couple of weeks at this point, mm-hmm. and uh, so when we found out that we got, you know, we won the deal, I, you know, went in and congratulated my business partner and said, Hey, we got a deal. He, he doesn't really get involved in much of that. He hasn't seen that the property he's, he's doing his own thing. And, you know, right. for me, I'm, I'm not super involved either. And to your point, I went and looked at the property. That's the only thing that I've done other than help deal structure. And my team has put together the entire underwriting package and done all the financials and all of that work. And so my business partner said, Hey, you know, how good does the deal actually look? And I said, oh, well, I've still got to review the underwriting. <laughs> my point being, the team that we have in place is incredibly good at what they're doing. I knew Great. the deal was a slam dunk. Let's get it under contract, but I don't want to waste all of my time really getting into the underwriting, understanding exactly the financing we're going to put in place, exactly who's going to come in on the deal with us, the money we're going to raise, until we actually have that deal because yeah. I don't want to waste all kinds of my time because I've got to focus on the most important things. Now we've got the LOI signed. Guess what I would get the Guess what I'll be doing next week? Really diving in that underwriting now and understanding right. exactly how I want to ultimately structure that deal for our LP investors that we're going to bring in on this. But I said I'm not worrying about that structure until we know the exact purchase price we're going to place before we're going to go out and get financing because I don't want to worry about all of that until we have that deal under contract. To your exact point, and so you know, a year or two ago, and I would have been, I would have been, I would have been on the phone <laughs> with banks. I'd have been on the phone with investors. I'd have been talking to everybody on the planet to understand this deal more. I'd have been all in the underwriting. I would have probably done it myself to be dead honest with you because yeah. right on the CPA, my, my background is in the numbers. I would have done all of that. You know how much time I've spent on that deal so far that we're now going to buy a $5.25 million, maybe five hours between going to see it and having conversations around if we can go up in price on the offer during the negotiation process. Yeah. But I haven't been involved because... Right. What's, you, you've got to focus on that end game. What's the goal? OK, and then work backwards and don't waste your time along the way and trust your team. That's another big thing that I'll tell you is mm. put a great team in place and trust them to do their jobs. So,
1: yeah, it's oh, a really good point. No, that's and-
2: awesome. By the way, I'm cracking one. So cheers. cheers hey, bro.
1: cheers. Cheers,
2: guys.
0: Yeah. Uh, uh, Craig, Craig watching live said G needs a, a McLeod Ultra sponsor. So one day. I'm just going to hold this up every show until they hit me up. They'll hit you Um, up. Joe Joe Roy said he used to do pre-work for 20 minutes and got no answer. Great lesson you guys taught me. Love you, Joe.
1: Yeah. Um, One thing I don't want to blow past, because I know you mentioned it a few times, and this is really for maybe the newer or younger investors, is being action-oriented, right? You said that a bunch of times. Um, You're a great representation of what that truly means. Um, everyone talks about it. take action, take action. But can you talk to us about what that means to you in every instance? because um I, I feel like there's people on watching right now that might be delaying making super important decisions.
2: yeah, I, for for me, taking action means what is the goal that you want to get done? and what are you doing every single day to make sure you hit that goal and get rid of all the other noise? I, a big problem that I see in society and the real estate and in, in my old career in public accounting and general businesses, people do work. They do busy work. That's all they're really doing. Are they really moving the ball forward and taking action on what they're doing? You know, and so they'll, they'll find themselves answering emails four hours a day. What are you doing? That's not work. What are you really moving forward towards your goals? And so right. getting it clear, defined, this is what I'm after and then taking action every day towards that goal. There's many different ways. I mean, one of my strategies that I do every single day is I write down the night before I go to bed, I take five minutes and it's from a book that I read, Organized Tomorrow Today. Mm. Um, three things. What are the three most important things that I need to do tomorrow that are going to help me move the ball forward in reaching whatever goals that I'm after? And I write them down. And that next day, I make sure that I get them done. And if I don't, because there's times when I don't, I'm not perfect by any means, they stay there on that list and they become number four that next day or they'll become number one of the three. And then I'm looking right. and saying, many am I accomplishing every day? And if it's always zeros, well, I mean, I'll tell you guys what, I'm always gonna be working every day no matter what. And so if I'm working a 12 hour day and I didn't accomplish any of those three things, that's a huge problem. I'm doing wasted work, I'm doing busy work. I'm not really taking action. I'm just doing something to make it look like I'm busy. And so whether you're working a W-2 job and you're working for other people, but your end goal is to, to free yourself from that and invest in real estate, whether you're running your own company or whether you want to be a W-2 employee forever because you have other things that you're doing, right? Maybe you want to spend time with family more and you know you don't want to take on the risk of being an entrepreneur, that's okay because you've got to find happiness. And so yep. I would encourage even you know, those folks, even if you're you know currently... You know, your job is, hey, I'm a, you know, I work night shift or I work at a restaurant. And I'm a server at a restaurant right now. And so my schedule is crazy. No problem. What, and, and, or maybe you love that, right? Maybe you're a bartender and it's the greatest job in the world for you. And you don't want to leave that, but it's not your goals at the end of the night are to make as much money as you can, but it's limited to the time of what you're working as a bartender. No problem. What are your goals in life and what action are you taking every day to get there? So maybe it's, I want to become a real estate agent. Okay. Fantastic. What did you do today? When you woke up this morning, when you went to bed, I want you to define every minute of your day. I want you to track that. And if you didn't spend time going after your goal to become a real estate agent, you made a mistake, Mm. right? Because you've got to go after your goals and your goals got to be aligned with whatever makes you happy. Because what's the point if we're not happy? And so that chase for that happiness is what should be what you're doing every single day. And if you don't know what that is, that's also no problem. So tomorrow, guess what one of your goals should be? Figure out what I want to go after to make me happy. Boom, now you know it. Or now you're going to spend time tomorrow sitting there thinking about what's going to make you happy. What's going to move you and progress you to a better position in your life. Whether that be a real estate investor, a real estate agent, you know, running
1: a restaurant.
2: Whatever that is, if you're not taking those action steps every day towards those goals, what's the point?
1: really doing very well said man i think a big part uh, to me what you said was um you know you're you're writing three you're preparing tomorrow today right so you're writing those three things down the main three things that you want to get done you're probably getting more than three things done maybe some days maybe some days not but you're writing them down that evening before tomorrow instead of i've had a big day i'm just gonna go rest on the couch or i'm just not gonna do shit You're getting your day organized the night before so you can prep to win for the next day. I think that's pretty incredible because even like in this past week or this past weekend at the event, I had some downtime and I was very tempted to just rest and relax. But I forced myself to open my laptop, go through a bunch of to do's. Um, I wind up sending messages out, emails and getting so much prepped for uh, the return of my work week. And that all... Life would have been pending and waiting for me when i got back um and instead a lot of times when i get in that habit or that routine when i get back in the morning i really don't have a whole lot so i have to create these new things which pushes the needle forward like you said yeah,
2: yeah. i love it i'll tell you to your exact exact example i had you know we had some of our team out there from city life here in pittsburgh out the event this past weekend as well yep. and the second evening we said we're so overwhelmed, right? And we're, we're such action-oriented, such an action-oriented company, we're such action-oriented people. You know, we said, hey, we could dilly-dally around, or we could take everything that we've just accomplished and captured in our brains over the last two days. We went to dinner alone, sat down at the dinner table for two hours and focused on, hey, what are the biggest key action items that we are taken have taken from this event so far? And what are the biggest key action items? That we're gonna apply this back to our business. And what are we doing Monday? What are we doing Tuesday in order to go after whatever it is that we want to be going after based on what we've learned today? And so we had, we took it down on a notes and we all had an action item. We all came home and we're all working absolutely towards that, that goal and said, Hey, we're going to be doing this exact thing on Monday and on Tuesday. And that went into my three things because I wanted to make sure right away that I we're taking action on what we're learning because there's no better time than now.
0: Wait, you mean, you mean TJ, Mike and Schmidty weren't just there to party?
2: They weren't, man. We were. We we said going out. It was a business trip for us. We really did. We, we really wanted to make sure we took home, you know, a lot of. Now we certainly had a little bit of a good time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Friday uh, night, Saturday morning was a little rough for me. <laughs>
0: That's why he said the second night, not the first
2: night. <laughs> yeah, the First night,
0: yeah. We we were, you know, but the for, second night
2: for, for, for you, for for everybody, for us, there, there's a piece of our lives that that need we're, we're after happiness, right? And so we we work our butts off in order to create that happiness. And I think for a lot of us that drive to find it through our businesses, through what we're doing ultimately creates that. And I always say that for me, what creates ultimate happiness is the continual chase of making myself happy. Like that makes me happy. And you know, we were out there for, for work and we certainly had fun because we knew we needed to have fun. There was so many amazing people there. We wanted to network because that's fun for us. We know it's an opportunity to get better in our business and so one of our actions when we went out there was to say hey we need to meet a lot of people because we can get a lot better and so that was a piece of it and that was friday etc going to days and, and the networking piece of it and it's fun to do that it's fun to hang out and have a beer for me and talk to other people and get to know other people's stories and so that was important to do as well but we said hey look let's let's put our money where our mountains are we said we were action-oriented We're listening to all these things. We want things to go. So let's just sit down. We can enjoy the dinner ourselves, and we can get action items on place so we make sure we're clear and we're going to hit them.
0: Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Plus, when you get into the hard rock, they make you walk through the casino before you get to your room. So that has a little something to do with the temperature. I'll tell
2: you what. It's the funniest thing you said that because the moment that I walked through that front door, the exact comment I made, and is isn't it ironic that you have to walk through the entire casino to get anywhere. (laughs) Yep. <laughs> like that's great business. That's great marketing because probably I would love to notice statistics how many people sit down and play something before they ever get to whatever it is that they're trying to do and or at least spark, oh, I'm really going to do this once I find a minute, right? Like it's, hell yeah. that's funny you say that because I, I, and I'm sure everyone knows and says it and thinks that, but it was, I, I certainly thought it was funny. It's, it's funny yeah, that's
1: the common uh, casino hotel theme. Yeah. And it's, it's
2: grocery stores too, right? The milk's in the back left. Opposite opposite corner of the door is always the milk because everyone goes to the grocery store to get the milk. Well, that's send them through the entire store before they buy their milk. So they buy 19 other things.
1: Yep, yep, yep. I'm gonna open up a grocery store. I'm gonna put the milk in the front, man. <laughs> yeah just for the just for the men. And you're gonna fail.
2: <laughs> my my wife sent me to the grocery store last week and I'm I don't get mad anymore about a ton of things, but I'm just not a fan of the grocery store. I just think it's a waste of time for me. And I don't care what I eat, generally speaking. Like I try to be healthy, but she loved, sent me to the grocery store and said, because so I don't go, was the point of that ever really? And she sent me there to get like three or four things on my way home. And oh, uh, she sure. said, "There's no." She said, "It's going to take you an hour because there's going to be no way you can find anything." So I outsmarted her on that one. I just asked the person. I said, "Hey, here's the four things I need to get. Can you tell me exactly
0: where they are?" <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll bring out in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, for sure.
0: So, what is uh, what is the next step for you guys? Like, what are you currently working on? maybe you know maybe the public doesn't know oh what about maybe, the god
1: goals like
0: like what is what is something that maybe people on your team might not even know what you guys are working on the next big thing
2: yeah that's a, that's a good question i think you know I'll, I'll start off by telling you we're we're certainly moving much more into multifamily we we love the multifamily got it staying, staying based in pittsburgh we're huge in the pittsburgh market i'll get to that in a, in a second here but yeah, certainly the multifamily world. Like I just kind of uh, teased that that deal, which nobody probably in the whole company knows about. So uh, anybody at City Life that are out there watching this, uh, pat yourself on the back because we just landed another uh, five million dollar multifamily deal deal here, right in the, a neighborhood in the suburbs of Pittsburgh. But beyond that, right? It's when you really think about what what our mission is and what we're really trying to do. It's 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 we're after building happiness. We're after transforming lives and we're after strengthening the community. That's our core purpose at City Life. That's my core purpose. That's everything that I believe. And so I think for us, the next really big opportunity that, that we want to explore is figuring out how to really help people do what we're doing. And so I enjoy getting on here, and talking to you guys, because I know that's what you're after and helping, helping your listeners really, you know, get after it, get action and go start doing something. And so for us, we really want to build a community here in Pittsburgh with the opportunity to invest in Pittsburgh. And so we wanna be able to do what we did for ourselves and help other people do that. And so we're looking at a big turnkey model to say, hey, we really were a lot of our own customer by building out our entire portfolio super quick, let us help you build out yours, right? We have a construction company, we have a management company, we're able to find off market deals and we have everything going, let us help you. And so moving more into that route and building a community here in Pittsburgh, which I don't think has much of it. There's not a lot of, you know, really community. you meet a lot of folks in different areas and you know for instance Lawrence and in orlando and different guys really building communities that are helping each other we don't yeah. have a lot of that here in pittsburgh and so you know not to not to put a little plug in place you know i know you didn't tee me up for this at all but we're, we're holding our first event so we we, we bought our Do new office awesome. a, a third off our third office in three years really we bought it in june i guess thinking a little bit after three years but we we've we outgrown our office Twice, and so we had to buy our third office. Well, it came with a super awesome open floor layout on our third floor. It fits wow. about 100 people pretty easily, and so we really renovated the entire thing, took no stops, put a huge nice bar in there, big open floor plan. We're gonna start holding events there, and so we're holding our first event on October 13th. We've got eight incredibly amazing local speakers that are all just crushing it in the Pittsburgh market. We're bringing all of them to the event. They're all gonna share value to everybody out in the and, How our and so for us, it's really about creating that community of investors, community of people that want to change their lives and want to be transformed into really going after their goals. And I believe real estate is the best way to do that. And so, Hey, let us teach you about real estate to really get you investing in real estate, because with the abundance mindset that, that I've learned and, and taught myself and learned from other folks, there's no competitors. So let's all get together, add value to each other and grow the market here in Pittsburgh, because it's, in my opinion, the most untapped city in the country. Right? There's so many amazing things. We got sports teams. We got hospitals. We've got a, a tremendous amount of tech flooding into the into the country. I mean, sorry, into the city, <laughs> into the city here. And the cost of living is still cheaper than pretty much anywhere in the country, especially the middle market cities we compare ourselves to. Right? You're, you know, even around locally, your your Charlotte's, your Cincy's. Your, it's cheaper here than anywhere else. And so the opportunity to invest in Pittsburgh is just absolutely incredible. And so we want to be able to help other people do that, to change their lives, to change the trajectory that their family's on forever. And so, you know, that's what I would say is probably the next big thing that we're really going to start attacking because we can really help people.
0: Yeah, that's awesome, man. And how can people learn more about that event if anybody's watching? Um, how can people learn more about that event? Or in general, more about city life if they want to, you know work with you sell you a deal i know you guys are buying stuff uh buying multi-family buying single-family homes people might want to be a realtor with you guys you know like how, how can people learn more about you guys and yeah
2: i'll i'll start by telling you our weakness right is we're not the best at marketing yet we're really gonna start focusing on more of that to really start to say hey look here's an opportunity to get involved Got you know it. right now we don't have a ton of avenues and channels for that we're on facebook we're on instagram we're moving more towards that you can follow me we're really starting to push push more content out there um you know from myself specifically and what we've been able to do here at city life so you can follow me at casey ryanquin.com follow our uh you can hit our webpage web page uh, CityLife Realty PGH.com to see everything we have going on there it really has uh, links into our other websites our management you know, website to our brokerage website. If you're interested in becoming an agent, right? we are really focused our brokerage on agents that want to become investors or focus on the investors, the world through our brokerage. So if you're interested in that, you know, reach out to us, reach out to me, reach out to our team, uh, shoot our shoot our um, info at C-Life Realty PGH email, message, message me directly on Instagram, on Facebook. Absolutely love talking to people trying to, you know, better the community here locally in Pittsburgh. Uh, we, we, we do love our city and certainly, you know, folks that are in other states and cities doing their thing there would love to, to help you guys out and figure out what you're doing in those places and see if I can add value to your world. Uh, you know, create abundance mindset like you guys are doing. I love, I love the show. I love what you guys are doing and trying to add value to everybody out there by having great people on your show and uh, trying to spread their story and, and trying to really add value to the folks that that want to do something with their lives. that want to, that want to transform their lives and other people's lives and, and find happiness, right? So I, you know, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, just reach out to us. Find me, find me on
0: the, find me on the socials, right? <laughs> yep,
1: yep, yep. We love you too, bro.
0: Awesome, man. So, dude, thank you so much for doing this. Um, I know you've been an open book so far. So, um, for anybody watching, um, and maybe you tuned in late, make sure you rewatch this on our YouTube channel, the Cash Geeks Network. Um, Casey, again, thank you so much, man. I know you've helped us out uh, before this show, just talking. You've been an open book. Anytime I reach out with any questions. Um, with that being said, guys, I'm G.
1: Guys, and I'm Dom. And this is the, the Cash, Cash Network. Network. Peace.